Cool, cool. All righty. Let's, um, let's sermon, eh? Um, I'm super excited, so I'm hoping my excitement comes through in my sermon. So this is one of those ones where it was like some sermons you write, and it's just like, it just fits together, and you're like, thank you, Jesus. And then other ones, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's just like a nightmare. And there was a whole section in the middle that was just rubbish. And I was like, this is ridiculous. What am I going to do? Jesus praying, texted a few friends. Can you pray? And then yesterday afternoon, I was doing some painting. I think I've got all the paint off me, which is a good thing. Um, I'm terrible when I paint. I end up covered in more paint than I get on the house. I don't know how I do that. Um, And I came inside and I was just sitting down praying. And then it was just like, and I'm not like God downloaded it, but it just felt like he was like, yeah, what you wrote in that middle bit was dumb. (laughs) Chuck it out and write this whole new bit. So I was writing it just going, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So I will try and preach without exploding. But if all of a sudden there's just like a and just my shoes are left, it's because I just got too excited about what I'm preaching about, so it's all good. Hey, um, Etu, Etu, let's have a, everyone stand up. I'm going to start super weird this morning. But, and I love how when you've got the microphone, you can just about say anything and people just obediently do it, hey? We're such weird people. Um, I want you to just look around at people. So just look around. I know that's super weird. Look around. Is that all good? If you're listening on the podcast, kia ora, podcast people, um, don't crash or drop the dishes. Imagine that you're in church looking at all these beautiful CVCs. Um, this is a bit of what I want to talk about um, this morning. Each of the people you're looking at are literally a gift from the Holy Spirit to you. Um, I've just dwelled on this. I've been thinking about spiritual gifts, right, like, like we have been for the last five or six weeks. And I just keep coming back to this reality, and I just keep getting quite overwhelmed by this truth. All the people in this room, the people listening on podcasts, the people that follow the way of Jesus and say CBC is their home church, they are here and they're gifted and they're empowered by the creator of the universe to bless you. Isn't that the craziest thing? (laughs) They're not just here to fill a seat. Um, All these people around you are here and dwelt by God. And they have a number of purposes, but one of their massive purposes The Bible makes really clear is that they are gifted by the Holy Spirit to empower you, (laughs) to lift you up, to encourage you, to support you. I just love that. I love how interdependent we are as the body of Christ. The whole idea of, I can do it on my own, is just not a Jesus thing, right? And the Holy Spirit hasn't gifted different people just so they can rock around being like, ooh, check me out. (laughs) He's literally gifted and empowered them so you would be blessed, (laughs) And because he's God, he knows exactly what blessing you need. He knows exactly what needs to happen in your life to empower and strengthen you. And so he's brought these amazing and slightly weird people around you. It's cool, eh? Isn't that cool? It's cool. So the other shot, Johanna, you need to sit at the front. What are you doing at the back? The other side, which is kind of crazy, obviously, is you are here to bless all these amazing people. (laughs) It's not just about them blessing you. Um, Like I said last week, you're not here by accident, right? You are here because the creator of the universe knows that certain people in this church need to be blessed and encouraged in a certain way. And so he has drawn you here, and then he doesn't just leave you. He draws you here, and then he, he gifts you so that you can bless certain people. And there's a bunch of people in this room that you don't even know, but in a future time, they will be somewhere like this going, oh, my God, God, thank you so much for Braden." Thank you for bringing it into my life. Thank you, God, for Sarah. <laughs> oh, my goodness, God. I, I couldn't have got through this season without 
Johanna. <laughs> um, you may not even know them right now, but that's the body of Christ at work, right? Man, I just love that. Okay, in the hall, it's getting weird having everyone standing here. Like, what are we doing standing? All right. Okay, side note. We're about to turn and say a phrase to other people around us. Now, I've received some feedback from this because I asked a whole bunch of people what they thought. Some people have feedback and gone, I love it. I love the turn and say. And then some people are like, if you make us turn and say, I'm going to walk out of the church and burn it down as I leave. And I'm kind of like, well, that's pretty hard. No one said that, right? Some people are like, I hate the turn and say. It freaks me out or I feel like an American. And I'm like, whoa, that's pretty harsh to Americans. We love Americans. Um, so we're about to do a turn and say. Let me explain my rationale. So the rationale is it reinforces what I'm trying to get us to, to learn, right? So as you all know, and the stats are all over the place, if we just hear something, we, we remember it like 10%. If we hear and see, it's like 20 or 30. If we hear, see, do, it's getting up to 60, I think. And if we hear, see, do, and teach, we're like getting right up there, right? So I'm not going to get you all teaching because this is going to be complete chaos. So the most I can do is get you hearing, seeing, and saying, Okay, so that's the rationale. So if it still upsets you, feel free to email me and I'll just swipe left and delete it. So, no, I won't. I love you. Gifted to be a gift. That's what I'm going to be talking about this morning. Gifted to be a gift. This whole reality, which I think the more we grasp it, the more we just go, oh my gosh, this is so cool, is that you are gifted by the Holy Spirit to be a gift to someone else, right? I just love that. So turn to a few people around you and feel free to resist and just say, gifted to be a gift. Is that right? Gifted to be a gift. I love that. Alrighty. Hey, so this morning's sermon is a little bit different, as you saw with the whole weird standing up starting thing. Um, what I'm going to do is, so in a couple of weeks, we've, Dave's been putting together a cool workbook um, that we're going to work through to help us start figuring out what our spiritual gifts might be. Um, and it's not just like take this test and then, oh yes, I got seven out of ten, therefore I'm gifted to do interpretive dance on Sunday morning with flags and balls. It's not like that. There's part of it's like that, but a lot of it is like talking to people that know you really well and talking about things you love. It's quite a big inclusive thing. But um, the way Dave started it is really cool, and he started it by looking at what are three gifts that we have from God. Apart from this whole gifting by the Holy Spirit and all that cool stuff, which I'm going to talk about, there's three other gifts that we have from God. And I was, like, I was reading it over this week, and I was like, ooh, that's really cool. I just want to kind of step back. And look at this a little bit. So here's the first one. This is kind of obvious. Um, and this is what Sarah was reading for us. Along with all people, we are gifted life itself. Um, I love that, eh? So one of the gifts God gives us is just literally life. And when I was thinking about it this week, I kept thinking it's interesting how, how society is, is not running away from that reality. But most of society would never agree that life is a gift from God. But is running towards this whole, I am independent I am self-sufficient as a person. I really don't need other people. I certainly don't need God. I don't need other people. Um, and I can't remember if I said this last year, but I remember reading an article last year, which I just found real fascinating, how they were talking about, especially during lockdown, but even coming out of lockdown, a lot of people are caving a lot more, which has nothing to do with, like, the Waitomo caves. What they were talking about is a lot of people are caving a lot more, which means your house becomes like your cave. It's your safe place, and you hardly ever leave it. And in the article, it was written in America, but they were referencing a lot of stuff in Europe, and I've, I've talked to heaps of people that are doing it more in New Zealand, where um, you might be working from home, but if not, you might be working in a place, but you might not have a heck of a lot to do with those people. They're not really friends. Um, but a lot of people are working at home and um, staying at home and hardly ever going out. A lot of people go to work, 
don't have a lot of relationships. And then they come home and it's like, oh, I'm at my place where it's all about me. I have a giant TV. I have super fast internet. Ordering all my groceries online. They're getting delivered. I'm just not going out and engaging with society. And this whole, I'm just my own um, independent person, which is kind of crazy. I, I have friends, so I'm in that crazy game I've talked to you guys about. And some of my friends in my um, chat, there's a guy from London who hasn't left his house for, I think he's up to nine months now. Um, and everything gets delivered, and it's pretty crazy. Um, his mum and dad are real sick, so he doesn't even want to go out because then he, he visits them or they visit him, I think it is, like once every two or three months. It's the only people, like human contact, other than us all chatting on our game. Um, I've got friends in the States that have they've hardly left their house. Um, everything's delivered online and stuff. And this, this, we kind of forget that, that life itself is a gift from God, right? He is the one who breathed life into us, who created us. I want to read that psalm again, just that bit that Sarah read um, before. Thanks, Sarah. That was cool. Real cool reading, eh? I love this psalm, and it just reminds us as believers that you're not an accident, you're not a mistake, you're not anything silly. You are literally created and designed by God. Let me read this slow. This is Psalm 139. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I always, I'm going to read a bit more, but that last line, every time I read it, I kind of chuckle because David wrote this and I imagine David looking in a pond. I don't know if they had mirrors back then. And he's like seeing himself and he's going, man, your workmanship is marvelous. Check me out. Right. <laughs> I love it. Let's carry on. Um, you watched as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And such security, knowing God's got you. And then this last bit I love. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. This is um, verse 17. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Um, if you have a different, this is New Living Translation. If you have a different translation, some translations will say, how precious are my thoughts about you, O God, which is still pretty awesome. And the reason for that is in the Hebrew, it's real hard to understand the pronouns in there. are real confusing. And so you can read it either way. And so some Bibles say like this, and some Bibles say the other way. And I love how the New Living Translation says it. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Um, the reality that God thinks about us all the time, in love, not in judgment or anger or anything crazy like that, or I wish you served me more or stop with the sinning. That's not what the this, this psalm is about. The psalm is about God thinking about us all the time in love, in desire for a deeper, closer relationship, right? Don't do a show of hands because it could get real embarrassing. But who had a boyfriend or girlfriend um, back at high school? Don't do a show of hands because it'll be super embarrassing, right? So some, I had heaps, right? I had a bunch. So I grew up at a camp. Annette. I married him. You married him. <laughs> You're a worry, Annette. You're a worry. Um, I grew up at a camp. And so if you know camps, when you go to a camp, you always, like, after two days, you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It's super weird, right? Um, so I grew up at a camp, so I went to, like, every camp we had. And so I was always, like, had a girlfriend. I use that word very loosely because you know them for two days, and then they're like, your best friend in the world, and they're so amazing, you know? And then after three days, they're gone, and you never see them again. It's super random and probably, like, terrible for my soul, but it's another whole story, right? Um, come and counsel me later on. 
Um, and one of the things, though, if you remember back to that time, some of you are in that time and you're like, bro, I'm with you. Some of you are like, ah, oh, the distant past. It's a foggy memory high school. Um, when you had these kind of crazy little relationships, and it was, they were your girlfriend for me, hey, maybe for you as a boyfriend, whatever. You do like, feel like you just love them, and the world revolves around them, and you're just like, yeah. And you, you find yourself writing their name down a lot. Do you remember that? Anyone? No? Just me? Wow. Thanks, team. I remember like, I had one girlfriend, and just you're in class, and it's like, I hated high school. And you just suddenly look at your, your this is back, and like before computers, right? Um, you've written their name like 20 times, and you didn't realize it. And you're just thinking about them because you just love them so much. And then after like two weeks, you've completely forgotten them, and you're waiting for the next camp to get another one, right? <laughs> shady, shady. Um, but the reason you write their name down, the reason you think about them all the time is you really do love them. You just desire to be with them. It makes sense, are you with me? Remembering? Okay. So take that terrible analogy, and you apply it to God, and it just makes me go... Oh my gosh, that is really cool. <laughs> the reality that God, I'm going to pick on me, so bad luck, all of you guys. My name's Craig, right? The reality that the creator of the universe is literally all the time just going, oh my goodness, Craig, I just love that Craig so much. Man, Craig is awesome. Man, I love him so much. I just want to bless Craig. Oh my, you know what I mean? Or whatever your name is, that's what God is like all the time. I always imagine him talking to the Trinity. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jesus. You know, this is God the Father. Jesus, man, I just love so and so so much. Oh my goodness, Holy Spirit. You know? <laughs> Just in love and in a desire for a deeper, more powerful, effective relationship with us. I just, I love that, right? And, and that silly writing the name down thing. I don't know if you guys did that. I did that heaps, right? The, the girlfriend writing the name down. And, and the thing I love in the Bible, the Bible says in a, a number of different places, um, I think it's in Isaiah, it talks about God literally writes our name on his hands. I think it's been like metaphorical, otherwise, yeah, it could be weird. But you know what I mean? It's like, why? In Revelation, we know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I just love this imagery that God doesn't just think about us. He's writing us down. He's holding us close, loving us. Man, I love that, eh? So it's not just that life itself is a gift, but this relationship with God, this deep, powerful relationship with God is, is a gift as well, right? So that's the first one, life itself is a gift. Here's the second gift. We are offered the gift of eternal life, Right? We're offered the gift of eternal life. Um, and I, I want to unpack this using a verse that we kind of often don't look at, but it's one of my favorite verses talking about um, the change from sin. To, you'll see, you'll see the verse. So let me read this. This is Colossians 1, 11 to 14, and I've had to break it into two bits to fit the Spanish up. So let me read this. We also pray that you'll be strengthened with all his glorious power, so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. I love that, right? We're, we have endurance, we have patience, because we're strengthened by God's power. It's not just us trying to go hard, but we're strengthened by God's power. And then he expands on that even. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Mm, I just love that. This is the end bit. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I just love these verses, and I love the clarity that Paul brings out here with this, this, this transferring, this rescuing, right? So he writes it in a funny way. He starts with us being we're, um, empowered by God, and we have patience and endurance and strength from God, and we have this inheritance with God's people, and then he says the rescuing bit, which I flip upside down. So I always read this bit backwards, if that makes sense. So this is kind of how I read it. First of all, we deserve the kingdom of darkness. 
Amen? <laughs> it's not really an amen thing, right? Last time I checked, every one of us in this room, everyone listening on the podcast is a sinner. <laughs> we have done, some of us a lot, some of us just a few, because you're kind of righteous like Annette. Um, yeah, Ross just fell out of his chair. He's like, whoa, Annette's done a lot of sin, man. Most of us have done a heck of a lot of sin, and so this is what we deserve, right? This is right at the end of that little section. We deserve the kingdom of darkness. Um, we deserve to be under the power, under the control of Satan, because that's who we obey. The Bible makes it real clear. You're either obeying God and following him, or you're obeying Satan and following Satan, right? Real clear. That makes sense, eh? So I want to look up a couple of verses that just remind us, because some people go, nah, it, it's, that's not right. You're getting too carried away, bro, too extreme. So let, let's read some. So if you've got your Bible, go there, because it's good to see you, eh? So 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. This is one, this is my most unliked verse um, in the whole Bible. But this is what we deserve because we sin, because we do evil, do wrong things to people and to God. Um, verse 4 of 2 Corinthians 4 says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. I'll read the beginning again. Satan, who is the God of this world, he's blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And then when, we, when you hear that, you're like, oh man, that totally makes sense. Heaps of us have friends who are not in a relationship with Jesus, and sometimes you talk to them about God, and it's just like over their head. They're just like, what are you on about? And the thing to remember is they are literally being blinded by the evil one. That's what the verse says, right? Which means, man, we need to pray. <laughs> we need to pray like crazy, right? Our friends, our whanau, that don't know Jesus are not just oblivious, they are under the control of Satan. That's what it's saying. Because that's what we deserve. Everyone deserves, right? Um, look at this other one, this First John one. If you're like, nah, I don't know, bro. You're getting carried away. First um, John 5.19. Where are we? It says, um, we know that we are children of God and that the world around us is, and this is the key bit, is under the control of the evil one. And it kind of feels like, well, that's unfair, but it's like, no, 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 that's what everyone deserves. Everyone deserves to be under the control of Satan or to, to come out of that um, phrase from the verse we're reading before, we deserve the kingdom of darkness. That's what we deserve, right? That makes sense, are you with me? It feels harsh, and it's kind of like, ooh, you're, not meant, you're meant to talk about Jesus and light in church. What are you doing? But it's like, this is one of the gifts of God. God rescues us from what we deserve, and he rescues us because of the death of Jesus Christ. That's what it took. We all deserve to be under the control of Satan. That's what we deserve. But God goes, oh, man, no. I love you so much. It's ridiculous. And I'm going to save you. You can't save yourself. And I love how Paul uses that word. It's, it's, it's literally a rescue mission by God. It's literally a whoever you are. You are stuffed. You are without hope. You are lost because you're under Satan's control. He's blinding you. And then God steps in and rescues us. Man, I just love that, eh? I love that. Is that that's good verses, eh? <laughs> Thanks, team. I just love how we're just like a team journeying together, not. But he's rescued us. Amen. And so we're, we're kind of looking at these verses backwards. Um, so here's the next two bits. Therefore, we share in the inheritance with the people in the light. Therefore, we are strengthened with his power and have endurance, patience, and joy. This, this is part of what I was looking at this week and getting like crazy excited when you look at it that way. It's like, man, 
the change in my life because of God's salvation is insane. I should be over here in the kingdom of darkness, oppressed by Satan, blinded by Satan. But because God rescued me, I'm now someone who's enjoying an inheritance, enjoying a relationship with God. I'm enjoying being empowered by God through the Holy Spirit. I get excited. You guys mildly excited even a little bit? Just a bit? Okay, shot team. I give up. I'm moving on. Um, one of the catches with this, eh? Um, one of the catches with this is always um, the acceptance, the acceptance of it. So um, Paul says in Romans that the wages of sin is death, and we go, yeah, we get that. But he says, but the free gift of God is eternal life, right? But with any gift, you have to receive it. It's not just handed out willy-nilly, right? You have to receive that gift. And so let me pick on Jordan, who foolishly sat in the front row, right? So here's my iPad, which I love with all of my heart. Fantastic for playing games on. Honestly, some of the games on here, life-changing. On your phone, what is this? I can't even see. I love my iPad, right? Now, imagine I'm not going to give Jordan my iPad, because although I love Jordan, I don't love him enough to give him my iPad. Oh, but now I'm feeling all convicted. Oh, man, now I'm going to have to think about it. No, I've done it. Anyway. This is my iPad, and imagine this year I said, well, Jordan's at uni, going to be a teacher, whoop, whoop, amazing, glorious beard, love this guy. Jordan, I want to give you my iPad. It's still my iPad, even though I decide to give it to Jordan, right? It's still my iPad, even though I've said, here's my iPad. Only does it become Jordan's iPad when he receives the iPad, right? I know this is not rocket science. Only when Jordan takes the iPad and says, man, thank you, Craig, this is my iPad, is it his? Now, in the Bible, we see really clearly, how do I know that Jordan's really accepted the iPad? I know when he starts using it like crazy, right? And that's one of the things that, that Paul makes it real clear, James makes it real clear, that the only time we know we have this eternal life, the only time we know we've been rescued is when it changes us, when we use it, right? And a lot of people on our planet give, yeah, yeah, I believe in God, that's all great, but nothing's changed. They're not using that relationship with God. But when Jordan starts downloading amazing music apps, I don't know that because you're a music guy. No? Sure. Um, you know what I mean, right? It makes sense. Can I get it back? Because I actually need it for my <laughs> Bible. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, and I love um, this psalm, uh, a different psalm here. And this one, you see what I said in Colossians, and I read it backwards, so it kind of made sense to me. Um, the writer, which is David, says it nice and clear. Let me read this. Psalm 103, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. And the question is, why? Why are we praising God? Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. You can see that my youth is renewed like an eagle. Do you see? If I go back, you can see it. It's like, why am I praising? It's like, oh, because... First of all, he forgives my sins. He rescues me, right? And then he starts to pour blessing into my life, redeems me from death, crowns me with love. Oh, I love that. There's so many verses I could look at in the Bible that show it this way, right? We have the gift of life, physical, but then God offers us, it's up to us to accept it, the gift of spiritual life, of eternal life, which comes with blessing and joy. and mm, Oh, I just love it. Okay, so that's the first two things. Here's the... The last one. We are gifted by the Holy Spirit who who wow, we're gifted by the Holy Spirit with gifts to be a gift to others. So I worked pretty hard to get the word gift into the sentence three times. Pretty amazing, all right? 
So now I want you to turn to someone and just say this, because to me it's quite a cool phrase, so let me explain it. We are gifted by the Holy Spirit. We get that because we've been talking about that for the last kind of month and a bit, right? We are gifted by the Holy Spirit with gifts, plural, because a lot of us will have more than one. But it's not for us. It's to be a gift to others, right? That's the whole point of us having this gift, right? So turn to a few people around you and just say, without um, falling out of your chair with how many times I managed to put gift in there, we are gifted by the Holy Spirit with gifts to be a gift to others. Can you turn to a few people and say that? All good? All right. Hey, so one of the things with a gift is it's always up to the receiver how they want to use it, right? Does it make sense? So let me read this little, um, when I was studying this week, I read this little story, which I thought was really cool. Um, a guy, Adam York, writes this. I'm just going to read it. He said, um, my kids love getting gifts. My son likes Legos, lightsabers. Nick? No? I was expecting a scream from Nick, because Nick's obsessed with Star Wars. It's your son, okay. Your name is Adam York. Let me start again, because that got weird, sorry. My kids love getting gifts. Um, my son likes Legos, lightsabers, and baseball bats. He could care less about getting clothes. In a big stack of presents, he'll open a package of socks, nod politely, and then quickly throw them aside in search of a new action figure. But my little girl, well, clothes are an entirely different story with her. She'll open her socks and squeal with glee. She doesn't see clothes as a necessary evil that has to be dealt with every morning. I was like, that's such a little boy, right? That's awesome. (laughs) Where am I? She sees them as something to be used and enjoyed. In fact, after she opens up her socks, it's only a matter of time before she's walking awkwardly around, having grown by about four inches because she's put all of them on at the same time. And this is the key phrase. The value of a gift has everything to do with the perspective of the one receiving it, as my kids' very different responses to clothing demonstrates. Let me read that little key phrase again. The value of a gift has everything to do with the perspective of the one receiving it. Man, I just love that, eh? I'm always, and I know you guys, this is not a rocket science statement. I'm always amazed at the, the humility of God when he interacts with us. Right, And what I mean by that is God has given you gifts, me. He's given us gifts. The reason he gave those is because he knows there is someone who's a part of CBC that desperately needs you to speak into their life or serve into their life. That makes sense, right? You're with me. He knows they desperately need that. But then he doesn't come along and force that person to use that gift. He sits back and he goes, all right, I've given you a gift. Now it's up to you whether you want to use that or not. I've given you this gift that someone in this church or a whole bunch of people in this church desperately need. That's why I gave it to you. It's for building up and encouraging the the church. But I'm not going to force you to use it. It's up to you. Which personally, if I was God, I think I'd be doing a lot more zapping if I was God. That's all I'm saying. And, And I love that, right? It's God's respect of our free will. Even though he knows that by one of us choosing not to use our gift, it's going to harm someone else for whom Christ died, he still sits back because he respects our free will. I, it amazes me, right? Again, the gift that you have is not for you. You're going to feel fulfillment and joy and all that. It's awesome. But the gift was given to you by the Holy Spirit because he knows there is someone or a group of people in this church 
that desperately, desperately need whatever that gift is because it will bless them and encourage them and empower them. But then God sits back and I just go, amazing, we're gifted by the Holy Spirit with gifts to be a gift to others. Amazing, eh? The other thing with these spiritual gifts is it reminds us of our dependence on one another, right? Now, to me, this is a bit of a a massive statement. I will never become the Christian that I could be. I will never become the man that I could be if y'all don't use the spiritual gifts that God's given you. Amazing. Isn't that an amazing statement? Alex. I'll pick on Alex just because he's, like, awesome. Alex will never, ever be the husband to Morgan. Alex will never be the man of God. Alex will never just be the man that God's created and designed him to be if we all don't use our gifts to bless and speak in and serve and love and care for. Does that make sense? Yes, Craig, it makes sense. Thank you. Bigger, their marriage will never be what it could be because some of us have the gift of encouragement to just encourage. Some of us have the gift of hospitality to have them around and speak love and joy into that. Does it make sense, eh? Us in this room will never be who God has called, created, designed us to be if other people in this room don't use the gifts that God has given. And, and, and yet God sits back and goes, I've given you the gift, I'm ready to empower and strengthen, but the ball is in your court. <laughs> Amazing, eh? I had a whole pile of verses I was going to look at. Well, I had a whole pile of verses I was going to look at that all talk about, oh, I'm going to look at them, it's church. I, just, I love the Bible. I get a bit carried away. So the number of times I write a sermon, they have to delete like 20 verses. And I'm like, why have I got so many verses? Um, I just want to read these. You can jump along with me if you want, but I'm just going to cruise through and read these. It's just a little talking about the interdependence of church, right? That this whole idea of, you know, um, I'm a rock, I'm an island, is just madness when it comes to the church. I can join the worship team anytime you want, Shelley. I'm ready to go. Okay, let me read this. This is Romans 12. I'll just read through these. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, and I love this, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. That's so powerful, eh? We belong to each other. Man, I love that. Where am I going? Philippians Philippians 2, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in the others too. Oh, so good. First Thessalonians. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you're already doing. Oh, I love that. And then the last one, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, where is it? 24. I love to say, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love that, eh? It's this intentionality. I love this. And I was thinking about this verse this week, and I was like, this is the coolest image to me. It's like all of us on a Sunday morning or maybe Saturday night, we're at home and we're scheming and we're planning. How am I going to get to church and motivate people to love? That's what he's saying. It's not just turn up and maybe I'll motivate someone. The idea is think about it. So I'm at home thinking, I'm like, okay, now Jordan Edwards, man, how am I going to motivate Jordan? Okay, Alex, how am I? You know what I mean? I love that, eh? I love that. So cool. Well, I'm excited. Man, this is like the hardest sermon to preach. I feel like you're all going to fall asleep. Hey, this, shot, Shelly. Everyone else, not shot. 
Um, this last quote is a little bit full on, and I'd never thought about spiritual gifts like this, and, and this is what I'm going to finish with. But I just found this interesting, and I was like, do I put it in? Do I put it in? And I was like, yeah, that's such an interesting take on it. So let me read this, and then I'll explain it, and we'll pray. As our understanding of the spiritual gifts matures, our appreciation for all the members of the body is magnified. For example, and this is really cool, if you have the motivational gift of mercy, God has given you a heightened sensitivity to the hurts of others so that he might express his compassion to them through you. Until you understand that everyone else is not supposed to be as sensitive to others' hurts to the degree that you discern them and want to respond to them, you'll probably be tempted to condemn others as callous and heartless. Let me read it again because it's a little bit of a full-on quote. As our understanding of the spiritual gifts matures, our appreciation for all the members of the body is magnified. For example, if you have the, the motivational gift of mercy, God has given you a heightened sensitivity to the hurts of others so that he might express his compassion to them through you. Until you understand that everyone else is not supposed to be as sensitive to others' hurts, to the degree that you can discern them and want to respond to them, you'll probably be tempted to condemn others as callous and heartless. I was like, man, I've never thought about it from that perspective. Um, some of you do have the gift of mercy, so you've got to realize that you will see things that a whole bunch of us will just never see. It's just going to go straight out over our head. And on one hand, don't judge us and come up and like slap me, Craig, you know, because I'll be like, let me read you this quote. Um, but it's, it's showing the, the, the desperate need that we have for everyone who has a spiritual gift to use that gift. Because there's a bunch of you in here that have that gift of mercy. I don't have that. I see people and I'm like, man, get hard, you blouse, punch, you know. You see, you see them in a whole different light because the Holy Spirit has given you that gift of mercy. You can come alongside. I'll walk past someone in the cafe, no idea, and you'll go, how the heck did he not see? And it's because that's the gift you have. Now, you take that and you put it to the gift of, of all the gifts. <laughs> There's stuff that you'll see that no one else will see because that is the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. And as a church, we just desperately, desperately need that. There's people hurting in here because someone who has the gift of, of mercy just hasn't stepped into that fully yet. We have administration needs that are, not going, that are not met because someone who has the gift of administration hasn't been aware of that yet. Hasn't stepped. We have people who need to be encouraged, but uh, you know what I mean? Eh? We just, it's so important, man. It's so important. All right, let me finish that. Let's all stand. The, the final phrase I wrote down when I was preparing was this. Only together, using all our gifts, can we bless each other as God desires. Let me say that again. Only together, using all our gifts, can we bless each other as God desires. The other side of that means that we as a church and as individuals will miss out on the blessing of God when we don't use our gifts, which is not to be a judgment thing. It's like, wow. The, the privilege and the responsibility that you have as a child of God is just incredible. Incredible. Because you've been gifted and called, empowered, strengthened by Almighty God to bless all these amazing people around you. Man, who are you? <laughs> the power you have in that is just incredible. But as a church, we're going to miss that until we step into this. Eh? Let me pray and then we're going to carry on.
you almighty God. I, honestly, God, I just feel super pumped. <laughs> I just feel so excited that um, as a church, as we keep understanding the way you've called and gifted us. Um, man, just exciting, phenomenal, phenomenal. I just pray that now, I don't know, God, can you make sure no one's feeling guilty? No one's like, ah. Oh. Man, I'm so useless as a Christian. I haven't been using my spiritual gift. It's not that at all. It's like now going, woohoo! Man, I need to figure out what my gift is. I'm so excited. Ah, there's a whole bunch of crazy people in this church that are not who God wants them to be because I'm not using my gift yet. Woo! <laughs> Can you help us to, to run to that rather than the guilt thing or any stupid judgment or all that kind of weird stuff, God? Um, and at the same time, I just feel amazed with the way you've designed the body of Christ. You're so clever the way you, you made this that we desperately need each other. None of us can do the whole, yes, I'm a Christian all by myself. I'm amazing. It's like it just doesn't work like that. We desperately need you, but then we all need all these other weirdos and these other amazing people all around us. God, it's so cool. So cool. I love it that you're the one that will empower us to do that. You're the one who will empower us. You're the one who will guide us. You're the one who will lead us and teach us in that. Man, keep guiding us eh, as a church. I feel like we've got a long way to go in figuring this out. Can you guide us really carefully, God, as a leadership? Can you just be working with us as leaders here, helping us to know exactly when and how is the best way to lead us as a church closer to you, but to be more useful to you? Yeah, we desperately need you, God. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, Enoho, have a seat, eh? And I think we're done. We're done. Yeah. Hey, Grant's going to come up and pray for us and close us out. Is that all good? Have we got a song? Oh, that's why I was saying we're done. Sorry, Grant. We're not done. We're having a song. I like totally blanked it and my phone's miles away. So let's do a song or two. Is that all right? Cheers.